0: As we dive into today's teaching, today is called Family in the Balance. And over the last decade, I've had an opportunity to do premarital counseling and marriage counseling. And it has been an amazing time. I've done it here at Christ's Legacy. And over the last uh, three or four years, I've even done it for the Army. And boy, I have seen a lot. Let me tell you something. It would it would take a lot to surprise me right now about what you can see in counseling situations. But these counseling times last about three to four hours, uh, uh, one hour at a time or or three or four hours together. Those are really big sessions of time. And they are fantastic because I get to sit across from a couple and have these incredible breakthrough moments, these Aha moments in their life where they get a chance to see what God's word says about who they are and who they are as a couple. And so, as I considered doing premarital counseling and marriage counseling here today before everybody uh, here, I realized something that you probably didn't want to have a three or four hour session. Is that right? <laughs> Nobody wants three or four? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. What we'll do is we'll break it into three or four hour one sessions and we'll just do it throughout the day. No? (laughs) Okay. We don't want to do that either. All right. Well, instead of doing that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some very important basic principles that we do in premarital counseling and marriage counseling, and I'm going to distill them all down to about 30 to 40 minutes, and I'm going to let you in to see a picture of what, what restoration looks like, what wisdom looks like through Scripture. I I enjoy doing this because of these incredible aha moments with people, but I want to let you know that even good people, even good couples can kind of be phony sometimes. You know what I'm saying? A little bit phony. I'm not saying you're trying to be. I'm just saying it's natural to put your best foot forward. And and what I've noticed is you can put your best foot forward for about five or ten minutes. You can even go an hour. But when you start going beyond an hour, it kind of, you kind of start breaking down a little bit, especially when you start asking questions and talking. I, I remember a time where I had this couple, they, brought, they came in for premarital counseling, which I think is a fantastic tool to, uh, to prepare you for, for your marriage, okay? So I, I suggest and I, I, I want each and every couple to uh, go through premarital counseling. But as, as I took this couple in, they weren't from our church, but they wanted to come in to do their premarital counseling. And the first hour of the session was wonderful. Oh, they were, they were smiling. Everything was nice. They loved each other. You could see it. But after the, about the first hour, they started scooting their chair a little bit further away from each other. I mean, you could see it. And then they would turn, and all of a sudden, they would start picking at each other. You know, here and, and there. You could see it. And by the end of the session, they were yelling and calling each other names. I am not even kidding. I didn't do it, it had nothing to do with me, I was just asking the questions. But they they decided to break their engagement off through this because what they didn't realize is that the whole time they were phony together with each other. And they didn't realize that they had some huge issues that were brewing in their life and they just refused to talk about the, the problems until somebody brought them in and, and began to point things out. Now I'm not saying that premarital counseling uh, tells you whether you're supposed to be together or not. That's not the point of premarital counseling, but there are times that you discover issues and and problems. And and if I'm going to be honest with you, something that seems so natural can be so difficult I mean, it's natural for a man and woman to fall in love. It's natural for them to be attracted and to come together on every level. But I've got news for you, things that are natural can also be very, very difficult. My wife and I have been blessed enough to have four babies. Moms, natural birth is hard I mean, I don't speak from experience or anything, but it's difficult. And, and you know, as, as you prepare to have a baby, there's so many people out there that tell you about how you should do everything naturally. And so you try your very best to do natural, everything naturally. And, and my wife has, has had wonderful success nursing all four of our babies, but, but I wanted to let you know that even though she's good at nursing, nursing is very hard, I've heard. And as she nurses, it turns out that that baby doesn't care whether she's tired, it doesn't care where, where the, if we got our hands full, if, if it's inconvenient, it doesn't care if it just ate 30 minutes ago. <laughs> He's going to begin to cry, and then things in our life start getting stressful. Things start breaking down, and, and, and eventually we just have to stop everything that we're doing so we can attend to this baby's needs. And it can be very difficult. And then life gets difficult for me, which I don't appreciate. <laughs> but as, as, we, as we talk about things, what we have to understand is, is getting something and keeping something are very different. It's easy to, and natural to fall in love. But it can be very difficult to maintain and grow and bring to health. You see, I want to talk to you a little bit about marriage role, mo- role models today for a moment. Because the truth of the matter is that many of us in this place have probably gotten married before we were saved, or maybe you got married just after you were saved, you were young. And so as you grew in a relationship, all of a sudden there was a shift in your focus. When you got married and you were, before you were saved. You looked at that other person, and you committed your life to that other person, but God was out of the picture. But all of a sudden, God came in, and he, and he shifted your priorities, and he changed the way that you viewed your mate. But some of you today, your role model was, was not saved growing up. Your role model didn't know the Lord growing up, and, and, and so your picture of what a healthy marriage looked like is, is a little bit distorted. Maybe you grew up in a family that didn't, have, um, didn't practice affection at all. And so in trying to give you modesty and in trying to be respectable before you, instead your, your parents showed you a stilted view of what it looked like to be loving and caring. And so you've had a difficult time trying to project that love and that care and that compassion for your mate. And you have a difficult time doing that for your kids, and things just seem out of balance. But maybe you're, you're from a family that, that had a difficult time because there was so much fighting in the relationship that, that you don't even feel comfortable unless there's a little bit of drama going on. You know? You don't feel comfortable. You're, you're those parents that say, "Oh, it's too quiet in here. There's a disturbance in the force. Where are my kids? Where's my husband? What are they doing? Right? Or maybe you're from a family that the your mom and dad never fought in front of you at all. And so whenever you encounter any kind of a problem or situation, it just floors you and you don't know how to deal with it because you never saw any fighting. And that means that you never saw any resolution in fighting. You don't know what it looks like, to make up because you've never seen fighting in front of you. And even if you came from a background where everything was great and your parents were tremendous role models in marriage, that's still a problem. Why? Because as you went into that relationship, as you made that covenant with your wife or your husband, you discovered that things were harder than they, what they appeared to be. And so this morning, I want to encourage each and every one of you, whether you're in marriage right now, I want you to take notes. I want you to take pictures. I want you to look and lean in to what God has for you. And if you're not in a marriage relationship, but you want to be one day, I'm excited that you're here because there are so many people that are here now married that wish that they heard what you're about to hear. You can gain wisdom and understanding and walk into that relationship knowing more than anybody else. But if you're not in a marriage relationship and you have no intention on being in a marriage relationship, I want you to um, uh, like and share this video with somebody that you know needs it, (laughs) okay? And rub it in and praise the Lord. But seriously, I, I want you to lean in too because as we discuss marriage, what we're gonna find out is that there is a There's a divine metaphor here at play. Because our relationship between husband and wife is the same relationship between Christ and his church. And as we lean in, what you'll discover is that everything that I share has an application with the individual back to God. Amen? Amen. So if you will, turn with me in scripture to Ephesians chapter five, starting in verse 21. We're gonna read. We've gone over this text a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we kind of glossed over it. We did an overview. But today, I want to bring you to this text, and I want you to really focus in and really lean into what this has to say because there's a mystery wrapped up in this text about how husbands are to love their wives and, and treat their wives and how wives are to submit back to their husbands. And I want to I unwrap what this text means us. There's this mystery of balance within our our marriages. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, listen here, wives, this is what it means. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And this part is talking about Christ. This mystery wrapped up in this text. For a husband is The head of his wife as christ is the head of the church he is the savior of his body the church as the church submits to christ so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything and now it's going to switch to direction for the husbands for husbands this means love your wives just as christ loved the church he gave himself his life for her to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present himself a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and, with, and without fault. Amen. Again, husbands, this is directed at you. In the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. What a divine metaphor. What an amazing thought that here we have Christ and his church. And for us to to wrestle with what it means to, to, to be the bride of Christ, we have living and breathing in front of us the the relationship of a marriage, that the husband as Christ and the church, and the wife as the church, live right in front of us, and we can understand this based in this relationship. But mixed, intermixed in this text, we find that there are exactly two needs that the husband experiences, and the in two needs that the wife experiences, and we're going to dive into this illustration in an incredible way in just a moment. But before we get there, I want to share with you what each one of these needs are. Now, it says, first, let's turn to the husbands so that we can kind of unpack these two needs for for you men, okay? So wives, let let me tell you that these, these guys of yours, they have these two needs. The first need is leadership. Leadership is huge. You see, it's, it's not just a desire. It's not just a want to. It's not just a he'd like to. He has an inborn need to lead. He wants to control. He wants to to shape and sculpt. He wants to to change. He wants to control something, because that is is the nature that God has placed inside of him, a leadership heart, a leadership mind. He wants to lead because. Uh, because he needs to lead. Now, the second need that he has is a need for respect. Uh, that, that's found in verse 33. He has a need for our respect. There, is, um, there was a study done where it asked uh, hundreds of men whether they would like a, a relationship built out of love or if they had to choose a relationship out of love or out of respect. And 75% of men in that survey shows that they would like a relationship built in respect over love. Ladies, that ought to tell you something, that that this is not a, men need love, but the bedrock of who they are and what they'd like is is respect. And we can um, unpack that in just a moment, but I want to shift now to the ladies. Men, your wife has two very basic needs as a symbol of the church, she has a very basic need first to be loved. And scripture points out exactly what that love looks like. That Jesus laid down his life for the church. Love is laying our life fully and completely down before our brides, before our families. And it's an incredible picture because we realize that when, as men, our needs are to lead. But then, it stands juxtaposed to the need of of a woman to be loved, and so that means that our need to lead means that we lead by laying our life down. What an incredible thought! But then the second need that each and every wife has is, and are you ready for this? Got to turn the page, security, security. Now, it's not just saying that a husband has to be the one that wakes up at three o'clock in the morning when there's a sound, you know, in the backyard and and he has to go with a flashlight. I mean, that would be nice, guys, and, and I want you to provide that kind of sense of security to your wife. But there's more to security than just physical safety. There's dependability. There's physical, emotional security, spiritual security. Knowing that you, husband, are going to be present to meet each and every need of your wife, just as Christ is present to meet each and every need. I also need to mention to you this, that Jesus gives a tremendous sense of security to us because we have a great hope in him. That one of these days the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall, shall rise and those that are still alive will be caught up in the air to be, meet him in glory. We call that the great hope in Christ, that the rapture is an imminent return of Christ. And people, I want to I let you know that we live our lives in urgency knowing that at any moment, Jesus could come back. But we have a sense of security knowing that when we have a relationship with him, we don't have to worry. We don't have to, we don't have to fear his coming, but we look forward to his coming. And I want you to know, as husbands and wives, your wife should not be worried that you're going you're gonna to ever leave her. But she should have a sense of security knowing that she has a future with you. That she can plan and look towards the future because you provide a tremendous sense of security to the family. There's, Christ also provides healing. He provides uh, his presence and and, an eternal home. So I've gone over those things with you. I, I just want you to understand those two needs on each level. The husband has that need for leadership and respect and the wife has a need for love and security but knowing and doing are two very different things I mean if we're gonna be honest with you it's it's easy to say amen to to seeing this up here and 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 kind of nod your head and be like all right praise the Lord preacher but if you want to know the truth uh, as you walk out of this door and get back into your cars, all of a sudden, this nice gloss and polish all over you starts to deteriorate back into the creature from the Black Lagoon, and you start treating each other l- like you normally do, right? Because it starts with one question, where do you want to go for lunch? You know, that, that shot's fired, where do you want to go? I don't care, where do you want to go? Well, that's why I asked you, where do you want to go? I don't care. Well, all right, well, let's go to Chili's. I don't like Chili's. I'm kind of let you in on some secrets of my relationship right now. And all of a sudden, you, get, you begin to see a breakdown. His husband can tell you where he wants to go, and the wife doesn't necessarily want to follow and the husband tries to submit his will back over to the wife and the wife tries to be submissive to the husband and then all of a sudden you see conflict spiraling out of control there's no wonder that even in the church parking lot things break down just as soon as you hear a message on being together the truth is I want each and every one of us to put this down deep in our hearts because it's nice to see on the screen what the balance looks like, but that's not enough. We we have to understand how to restore the balance whenever there are imbalances within our relationship. We need to understand how to come back together and bring everything back together as one. And today what I want to do is I want to, I want to paint a picture for you. I want to, teach you how we can restore and correct the imbalances of our life. Because as you know, maintaining something is far different than getting it first. And in order to do that, I want to welcome a couple onto our stage, Jason Logan. Come on, y'all. Hey, can you give them a round of applause real quick? <clears throat> Jason Logan, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. i I, I'm so excited for this couple because they, um, Logan, has been coming to our church for a very long time since you were just a little bitty, <laughs> little bitty, and and you have uh, fallen in love and are engaged to this guy, Jace. And this this guy is an awesome dude right now. He is. Are, are you are you pre med right now? Are you, are you pre-med? He's pre med. He's going to be a doctor one of these days. You're going to work on me, man, one of these days. One of these days, okay. But but. This couple is engaged and they're about to do premarital counseling with me in just a few weeks. Is that right? And in part of the premarital counseling conversation that we're gonna have, we're gonna go over this right now. And so if it's okay, I would like to go over this with y'all. And you guys don't have to talk. I want to ask you all the questions. We'll do that later in, in private, you know what I mean? But but as we go over this, I'm gonna use you as an example. So I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a, a uh a fictional story over your lives as you're married you're not married yet but if you were married I'll paint that fictional story I'm going to show the congregation how that breaks down in your life but then we're going to figure out how to put you back together right up on stage right live okay okay now you have to promise me this you can't walk away crying before I get you back together okay don't you get mad at him you got it all right okay all right all right, so, Logan, I'm going to have you stand over here, just right over here, and you're right there j- just fine because you're, you're going to be the husband, okay, and you're going to be the wife. I don't care what the culture tells you. <laughs> Amen? Okay, good. I'm glad I got you straightened out on that, man. Okay. Now, it's, it's very easy to understand this relationship because as they come together, there's so much love. And there's so much appreciation between you two. I mean, you can see it all over their face. They just love each other, don't they? I mean, they can't help but smile. They get, they're goo-goo-eyed. I, I promise you, whenever they come in to the premarital counseling in just a few weeks, they'll be sitting so close to each other and holding hands. And they'll just, she oh, he's just so perfect, you know, right? And and he's like, she is beautiful. And everything is wonderful in the relationship. But the problem With the balances that eventually, no matter how wonderful and how perfect you are, there'll be imbalances in your relationship. And what seems intuitive to correct those imbalances is actually something that further imbalances your relationship. And so I want to remind each and every person here that when you stood at the altar and you said, I do, and when you guys stand at the altar and say, I do, it's not just husband and wife, okay? But it's husband, wife, and Christ. Because if you don't have Christ at the center of your relationship, it doesn't matter how much you work and how much you try, you won't be able to bring that relationship back together inside of that balance in the context of marriage. You have to put Christ in the center of that relationship. But even, folks, when we put Christ at the center of a relationship, it becomes very difficult because life happens. Things happen. Situations happen. As a matter of fact, I've heard it said that that life is 90% what happens to you and 10% how you respond to it. Maybe, I don't know, the statistic is more. And so this couple, as they go into marriage, somebody Tell, tell them that they're going to have some hard times out there. Oh, yeah. Amen? There's some people here that are going to tell you that you're going to have some hard times. And so w- your job is to have more inside of you right now that you are willing to recognize that even though you have are going to experience hard times, you're also going to be blessed and you're going to have the leadership of the Holy Spirit bringing you back into restoration and balance. If you listen to what the bible says but first we gotta we gotta talk about the problems they've gotten married okay and they've been married for a few years and life is going wonderful okay for you but here's here's some problem okay as you were working uh you, stuff is kind of difficult at work right now and and all of a sudden i don't know what a doctor goes through maybe you maybe you got sued or something i don't know i'm not I'm not wishing that on you. But but you're going through some problems, and for whatever reason, the money starts to dry up a little bit. And for a guy, that's very difficult because his job, he knows intuitively that, his, that her need is a sense of security. Now, he's not consciously thinking this, but he feels it. He needs to provide for his wife. And so he begins to be anxious and stressed because, most of the time, men worry about the future. And most of the time, women are looking at the men worried about the now and the present. And so men have an easier time dealing with problems after they're resolved than women have, a, have whenever they're actually going through that moment. And so you are sitting here feeling anxious and feeling upset and worried and stressed out to the max, right? And as you feel that, all of a sudden, there's distance that grows in your relationship. There's a little bit of distance now in your relationship. She hadn't moved, but there's distance there, okay? And you're sitting here trying to figure out what you're gonna do to try to restore this this problem, to to try to bring her a sense of security. And so you feel like that, that what you need to do in order to restore the balance is to work more. So you go work more, and it's probably true, it's probably a good idea that you try to find a way to, to work to, to bring a, a financial stability back into your relationship. But the, the problem in your work is that it separated you so much from your, your wife that you have become not just physically absent in the relationship because you're working more, but, but you're, also, you're also emotionally absent, and, and, and you're going to turn a little bit away from her. And, and she's, she hasn't moved. She's still looking at you, man. But, but you, you are so fixated on, on trying to solve the problem, and you haven't included her in the solution, that you are, have become absent in that. But, but now you need to blow off some steam, and so you're, you're going and, and, and you're, you're fishing. You like fishing? Yeah, I fishing. So you, you like fishing and you like doing all this stuff and, he, and you just need a way to, to bring peace back into your life and so you're, you're, you're preoccupied by all this other stuff and you've not only become emotionally and physically absent, but you've allowed the doubt in your heart about your situation and your frustration to, to provide distance, not just between you and her, but between you and God. You're angry and frustrated at God because this is all happening to you. And now you are sitting down in like a little John boat on the side of the shore fishing, and you're just frustrated, just mad. Okay? That's tough. That's a tough situation. That's a realistic situation. And here she is, just this wonderful, sweet, loving wife, and she's looking, at, and you're messing it all up, dude. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You see, the problem is, is that in this moment, Jace has challenged Logan's security. She doesn't feel secure in the situation any longer, and it's breaking your heart. You want so badly to be involved and and understand the situation and know his heart, and, and you want so badly for him to step in and bring you a sense of security and peace and lead you in that moment, but he is not leading you in that moment. He's absent. You can't look, Jace, hey, look, hey, hey, you can't lead if you're not present, okay, you can't do that, uh, turn, turn back around, no, 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 that way, <laughs> here's the problem, he's not leading you, somebody's got to do this, somebody's got to figure things out, you've got you to open the mail, and look what's going on with the bills. You gotta, you gotta do all this. You gotta help him find a job because he's not finding a job. And whenever he gets home, he's not even doing anything anyway because he's gone so much. And so you, hey, listen, Jace, it, it, it would really help us over here if you just kind of picked up around the house uh, and did have her ask you sometimes. Would you just, would you do do that? And and all of a sudden, the the absence of leadership here has caused Logan a desire to step in and try to lead in this moment try to tell him what to do you know if you would just do this this and this everything would be better but you don't do that you're just sitting out on that boat again and it's breaking her heart and she's growing frustrated and because she grows frustrated at this moment and nobody's sitting here leading she begins to use her relationship and intimacy as a way to try to barter between him to to do what she wants. She, because he is not in his rightful situation leading the family in a, in a right way, she is trying to bring control back in order. See, the, the problem here is that as you do that, you begin to get grow frustrated with him. And distance grows in your relationship with him and you turn your back to him too. Because now even if he would come to you, even if you came to you and told you like what's going on in his heart and he opened himself up to you, you'd be so frustrated with him right now. And and the frustration would grow division and bring hurt and pain in the relationship. Now, and I want you to watch this. As Jace denies Logan of, of leadership, And I mean of security, and Logan denies Jace leadership. Their attempt to rebalance the situation causes Jace to feel the need to be more respected, and so he's going to go out and try to find places where he finds, like he adds value. He's going to volunteer for the project, extra projects at work. He's gonna do more fishing because he's really good at that now. (laughs) He's even gonna talk to people that make him feel like he's a a pretty awesome guy. And this is where Jace starts getting distracted and tempted by other relationships. And here, Logan, her heart's just breaking. But, Logan... You're over here and, and you're frustrated and you're bitter and you're looking back over at him and you're saying, if if he doesn't lead, I will lead. And And your need for, your longing for a sense of presence, emotional, physical, and spiritual security grow and grow and grow. I'd be lying if I didn't say that I see this all the time. The distance that grows in a relationship because there's an imbalance. And that's where many of us live, trying to correct the balance. But unlike so many other people in our culture, we have the Holy Spirit the restorative work in the Holy Spirit can bring this couple back into order. Because it's not good enough just to understand the imbalance because many of us in this place know intuitively what it means to be imbalanced. Truth is, is that maybe some of you live in this imbalance. Jace, we'll start with you. Christ has to be the center, every time. You see, when there's a problem and imbalance in a marriage, it usually means, almost every time, it means that there's an imbalance in not just like this, but like this. And since you're the head, you have to come back to Jesus. You have to submit back to him to give him your problems at work and give him your problems in your marriage and give him the problems in your kids. Give him the temptations and the difficulties and the, and the abuse and give him the hurts and the pains and make it right with him. Submit completely. Did you know that if you want to be a leader, you have to be a follower first? Men, If you wanna lead your family, you have to be an excellent follower of Christ. Chase, submit your life to him. Now, that's almost the easiest part of this thing because now you've got to restore relationship with her. Come on. He's gotta come all this way. He's gotta be humble. He's gotta make the first step. This is easy for him now. <laughs> Chase, you gotta say I'm sorry. You gotta, you gotta say that that I, I'm sorry. I failed in my resp- don't don't really say it, okay? Because I'm gonna say a lot. <laughs> I hear him saying it's so like I'm sorry. That's coming too easy for you right now, buddy. <laughs> you gotta make it work for. No, I'm just joking, I'm joking. You gotta be humble. And you got to apologize for not being the leader that God has called you to be. And you got to love by laying your life down for her. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I need to tell you something. That money doesn't equal security. There's a lot of people that have a lot of money that aren't secure in the relationship with each other. Okay, Jace, your money problems, they're the issue with you, not the issue with her. She is longing, right, for you to be emotionally, physically, and spiritually present in that relationship. And that provides her with a tremendous sense of security. So the very thing that you think that you need to do over here, trying to do all this, trying to make things work, is the very thing that's adding more unbalance to your relationship. Instead, come back to her and be physically, emotionally, and spiritually present. Logan, you want so badly to turn around to him right now, but you see, it's difficult in this moment because what you see here is, is that when trust is a problem, because she doesn't trust his leadership any longer. Trust is not fixed in a day. And so consistency is the key here. And as you consistently are present, she will turn back to you, right? And trust is restored in that relationship. But here's the thing, Logan, the faster you can come into forgiveness and forgive him, the faster you can help make things right. Because it's not just his responsibility. You have to respond in a positive way towards his desire for reconciliation. It's so easy, ladies and gentlemen, for us when we are hurt and feel broken, when we feel betrayed or bitter, to make him work, to make him pay, But God has commanded that we forgive, that we turn around and we make things right, we come back together. And as you do, you both will restore balance in the relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, as you see here on the board, the problem is that no matter which need is taken away on the board, there's an inverse relationship so we could have this conversation no matter what need that you take it away. And then both relationships grow in that imbalance of needs until you come back to Christ and make him the focus and come back to each other and ask for forgiveness. You can write the relationship. This is the mystery that we are to live in. That, that women, that you, although you need love and security, you give your husband, right, respect and leadership. And you give her love and security. This is the mystery. And it doesn't happen unless Jesus is at the very center of your life. Would you stand with me all over, all around? Would you give them a round of applause? Another relationship put back together. (laughs) See, although this is a divine mystery, I don't want anybody here leaving without a question in their mind that no matter what phase or stage your relationship is in, no matter what problems that you're going through, you can restore the balance In your marriage, through your relationship with Christ. Would you grab the hand of your spouse right now? And if you don't have your spouse here, that's okay. You can still pray. And if you're not married, I want you to lean in and understand that there's something going on here in your relationship with Christ. I want you to turn to them right now and just have a, a quick thirty-second conversation. And right now, I want you, in your own words, just to commit your desire to your to your mate that you're going to live in a balanced, godly relationship. Would you just do that right now, thirty seconds? It's okay. If your mate's not here, just commit yourself back to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray a prayer over you now i'm going to pray a pastoral prayer blessing of your relationship and as you walk out of these doors and you walk through our parking lot and you get into your cars and you ask your mate what you're going to eat this afternoon you're going to agree from that moment on you're going to live inside this balance heavenly father I thank you, Lord, that through your grace, Lord, you provided a way for us to bring back and restore balance in each and every marriage and relationship. Lord, you called this church to have healthy families. You caused us to live in healthy relationships, balanced relationships, by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would allow your spirit to bring balance back into our relationships. Lord that you would cause us Lord to live as role models and examples for this community Lord but this community wouldn't think of it as a mystery but see God and contribute back to you an understanding that their marriage works because you are at work in them Lord help us to love each other Lord help us God to provide our spouses with security respect and leadership and help us lord to be a light into this community we love you and we praise you in jesus name amen and amen go be a light to this world